It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to continue previewing the Oklahoma City Thunder season with Derek Parker as we transition into how this season will look for the Thunder and even talk some draft on today's show. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Pod. On today's show, we're joined by Derek Parker of Inside the Thunder of Draft Digest at DParkOK on Twitter. Derek, how are you doing today? I'm doing phenomenally, and... There's a really, really good chance you hear legitimate thunder in the background of this this podcast today. So if that doesn't exemplify the upcoming season any better, I don't know what does. Yeah, there's legitimate thunderstorms happening all around DP and I. So it's going to be a lot of fun to hear that. And the background is kind of nice background music for us talking about the thunder season. And so, Derek, what a fun season this will be. You were at me today along with me. Training camp has opened up. In your wildest dreams, in the sense of realism, so like if, if you think everything broke the Thunder's way, if they just got supreme luck with health, if they got um, supreme luck with how you think these players could develop realistically this year, how good can this team be? I mean, in this dream scenario where everything breaks their way, the sky's the limit. You know, the the pieces they've got, they've got an essential, a de facto top five player in, in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They've got a potential gem of a pick in Chet Holmgren that has yet to be unleashed. You've got these great both star and ancillary pieces in Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams, and then you've got all of these projects they're still working on. You've got de facto starters that would be starters elsewhere that aren't here in Kenrich Williams, potentially Lou Dort at times this season. Like The sky is the limit in every sense, regardless of a loaded NBA, regardless of a loaded Western Conference. I'm sure you felt it too. There's there's an obvious buzz around like the Thunder organization as a whole, around Oklahoma City as a whole. It's exciting times for sure. Very exciting times. I think that this is the most anticipated season since that 2017 year, and, and uh, the Thunder are going to be one of the most exciting teams to watch. And it's also uh, picking up steam nationally with with some national folks. Uh, like J.J. Redick and others talking about uh, what this team can look like. And so the fan duel over under for this team is 44 and a half wins. And so, Derek, I, I think that that's a great line. If we were truly going to bet, I would say don't touch it, but I'm going to yeah. force you to touch it. What's the line for you? 44 and a half. Would you go over? Would you go under? I totally agree. It's a good line. If I could push, I would. 
but I would be a bad podcast guest if I did that. So I lean, I lean a slight under, and I know that's not probably as optimistic as people would hope. You know, they, there's legitimate people out there that think this team could push for 50. Maybe they can, I'm not sure, but I would lean a little under that maybe 41 wins, 42 wins. But the biggest thing to me is, and (laughs) Rylan, you and me have sat in many a presser where they've drilled it in our head that development is not linear, but there's a really good chance that this team looks a lot better this year. And that doesn't necessarily show on paper on the physical record. So, I mean, they could add Mietzich, Chet Holmgren, Kaysen Wallace, all these pieces and still only improve by one or two wins, but still get drastically better. So I'll, I'll air towards caution saying 40 to 43 ish wins. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that Sam Presti was totally right. Uh, whenever he was talking about this, this exact topic. And, and I think that honestly, this season, uh, as much as fans don't want to hear it, is still not about record, but it's it's in an opposite way of what you're used to, what's been happening uh, in years past. This, this team will be a lot better than last year's team. This team will be a very, very good basketball team. But with factors that you can't control, like how good the West is, uh, what your schedule, you know, maybe some schedule losses in there. And then, uh, you know, as long as, you know, knock on wood, hopefully stay fully healthy. Like there's going to be things that pop up throughout the season that, that might make things difficult to win games. And a 16 win improvement last year is an anomaly. Like that does not happen in the NBA. So improving by four wins or three wins is still a really, really, really good year and shows significant improvement uh, for this Thunder team. Uh, and, and I think that also, like I was saying, this team is going to look better and the the measurement of that is not going to be wins and losses because they could win 50 games like i'm of the belief that this thunder team could be a three seed like the kings were last year i'm also of the belief of with you where they could go under the 44 and a half win total uh so like there's there's a varying degrees of outcome they're gonna try to win every game it's just that in trying to win every game if they don't have another massive uh, uptick and wins. It's not an automatic failure. Uh, so I think that that's where, where I say the win-loss record still does not mean everything this year. It's going to get to a point quickly where it does. But this year, as you try to integrate Chet Holmgren, as you try to mesh together um, these pieces, it, it, it is not going to be what you're beholden to is that win-loss record. And so I think that that is going to be um, hard for some fans. But they're still going to be trying to win every single game. And, and in trying to win every single game, I think that they're going to win a lot of games. I think that they're going to be a top six seed in the West. I think that they're going to hit the over, but they've got to go out there and actually prove it. Uh, so I, I do not begrudge anyone who either wants to stay away from this 44 and a half or uh, take a slight <laughs> under by any means. And so, Derek, who is going to make the biggest impact on the Thunder outside of Shea. Obviously, he's the straw that stirs the drink, but who will have the biggest impact on how far this team goes? There's a lot of easier answers. Obviously, Chet Holmgren's going to have a huge impact. He essentially fills every gap that that they've had for the last few years. J-Dub, Jalen Williams, Santa Clara, obviously a leap there could be massive. I'm going to go Josh Giddy. I think that He's a little left out of these conversations recently, not in not in any like nefarious way. I don't think anyone's like against Josh Giddy on this roster at all, fans included, but he was really a catalyst for their success last season. You know, J-Dub, after suffering an early injury, he was pretty steady all season. He obviously saw improvements, mm-hmm. but like 
he was great all season. Josh had a really slow start to the year. And as soon as he picked it up is when we really saw this team switch gears. I think if he can take another leap, especially in terms of foul drawing, physicality, maybe running the backup point with Shea getting some of those lead minutes, him running backup point, maybe with Chet as like a tandem duo in the second and fourth quarters. Josh could really, really be the the swing man here, I think, in terms of the overall product. Yeah, I, I think Josh Giddy is a great answer. And I think that um, you saw what he could do in the FIBA World Cup. And, and I think that he's gotten better every single year. As you mentioned, people got swept up a bit in J-Dub, rightfully so. But people forget that Josh Giddy did improve last year. Like He did get better and become a better basketball player. I think he's taken this summer to become a better basketball player as well. Uh, so I, I think that Josh Giddy is going to be a massive part of the Thunder's success. Uh, Derek, I think that you and I can both agree that as of right now on paper, it looks like the starting five will be Shea, Josh, Dort, J-Dub, and Chet. Yep. In your opinion, what's going to be their best lineup? And this is just going to be what you think is the is the most successful lineup. You don't have to use this by any data points or any lineup data, because I know that, that can get kind of wonky in small sample sizes, but just what you think the best five guys and the best combination of skill sets that can be put on the floor. I think to start, it's got to be the core four would be four of the slots. Shea, Josh, J-Dub, and Chet. Like that, maybe it's not going to be, like it's not going to have the best net rating at the end of the year, but like a lot of stuff goes into that. Those four on the floor at the same time are going to give you the best chance at winning basketball games. Like point blank period. Now the fifth spot, I think, is certainly up for debate. Dort fits there great. We've seen him in action. He's a superstar stopper. He gets props from... The Doncic's, the LeBron James, the Paul George's on a nightly basis. I think he's a fine insert there. Kenrich Williams comes to mind. I think he is a massive part of the defensive identity. I think he covers Chet a little bit better than people think. He played a little bit of that true five last year, but I think that's not technically his natural position. Maybe he really thrives at that four next to Chet. And then you've got, obviously, Isaiah Joe infuses this roster with shooting. They've got options. They're in a great spot. I think I'm going to personally lean. Ooh. And then, and then Vava comes to mind too. It's like, we don't know what he is. I don't know how you project what he's going to do on this team. I lean Kenrich. I, I think being a defensive minded team overall, they're probably going to shy towards that. Kenrich has proven himself time and time again in that regard. Give me Kenny Hustle. I like that. And I think that that's the beauty of the Thunder, that exercise right there, because I think that the starting five is pretty solidified. And I think that that will be their starting five for as long as those five guys are healthy. However, I think that Mark will also, as we know, explore the roster. Not only that, though, in clutch time, whenever it's time to uh, hunker down on a basketball game in the fourth quarter, he's not going to be beholden to just, okay, let's roll back out the starting five because there's only two minutes left and we got to try to win the game. He can have the ability, and we've seen him last year do it, with a, with a less deep team than this year, uh, where – if it's not Lou Dort tonight and you need more offense, you can swap Dort for Joe. Uh, if you if you need just full-on shooters, you can take out Dort and Giddy and put in Joe and put in Bertans and play Chet, Bertans, Joe, J-Dub, Shea, whatever you want to do. And, and then if you want, if you need that defense, then you can play Dort and Kaysen together. Uh, and you can do all these different things with this team, and they will do all those different things depending on the matchup. And so uh, that's why I think that I'm so confident in the Thunder uh, and their ability to at least pile up regular season wins uh, moving forward. But, Derek, we've talked a lot about positivity things with the Thunder. Coming up, I want to get your biggest concern for this Thunder team and continue our season preview of this Thunder season. But first, 
I want to say right now about our good friends over at Bird Dogs. Folks, go to birddogs.com slash locked in MBA right now because bird dogs are the thunder of shorts. That's right, because they're so versatile. You can go to bird dogs, you can put on their shorts, buy their shorts, and they, they have a slim fit through the thigh, giving you that truly sculpted look. And you can wear them into a business meeting and you can look very professional. You can look very put together. You can look stunning. And you can walk out of that business meeting, Derek, and you can go play basketball. You can go play pickleball. You can go do something like take a hike because they're that flexible and breathable. So it allows you to do multiple things in one short while looking good uh, in doing so. So check them out today at birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. That's birddogs.com slash locked in NBA. You can even just put in the promo code locked in NBA at checkout for bird dogs. And when you do, you're going to get a free bird dogs water, bo- uh, water bottle with your order. So that's birddogs.com slash locked in MBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You will not want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. So check it out today uh, as bird dogs are functional for any occasion. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Derek. We've talked a lot about how exciting this season is going to be. But you still took the under on 44 and a half wins. I want to know, what is your main concern for this Thunder season? I think it would have to be redundancy across the roster in general. And that, that's almost more of a long-term concern than a this season concern. Because again, this season isn't about wins and losses. But redundancy in terms of having all these guys who handle the ball, you know, is there going to be a point where enough is enough and it, it just simply is not a good formula for winning basketball? I don't know the answer to that, but I think it's the number one thing facing them in terms of they just added Mitzich, they just added Kaysen. Are these guys going to essentially be unusable with guys like Shea on the court? And and I think the obvious answer to that is no, but there's still this point where it could be a stopgap of All of these guys are redundant. We've got to find shooters, connective players, more role-esque guys to fill in the gaps rather than what they have now. It'll be interesting to to keep tabs on, certainly. I'm interested to see how this all unfolds. I think that's a good concern to to have. It's a valid one to have, and we'll see how it all works out. Uh, But I'm very excited about Chet Holmgren. I think that the buzz that he got at media day and so far in training camp only leaves you more excited to see what he looks like. Um, a few quotes stuck out about Chet, but I want to give you the floor on any prediction that you have. Just just whatever your Chet Holmgren take is. It can be a prediction on a stat line. It can be a prediction on how he'll impact the game, uh, what, what a game high in a certain category would be. Just whatever you want to predict or say about Chet Holmgren, the floor is yours. Ooh, There's so many options because, again, name of the game, versatility. Thunder squad, Chad Holmgren, versatility. I want to go blocks because blocks is exciting. 
There hasn't been enough blocks on this Thunder team in the past few years. I want to say, I don't know what the NBA record is. I want to say he'll have an eight block game. I'm sure that's not the record, but that's got to be with that's got to be decently close to a record, right? It's got to be up there somewhere. That is that was that is uh, wow. You're gonna have a bold prediction coming up, <laughs> and you just said that the <laughs> okay, Chet Holmgren will have an eight block game according just to one. Derek Parker, which is perfect to transition into our fact or fiction game. Derek, fact or fiction, Chet Holmgren's gonna average two or more blocks a game. Uh, over, I, I gotta go over, right? I just just put out a bold prediction on a non-bold prediction take. So I, I got to take the over. Okay. You take the over. The most blocks in a single game was from Elmore Smith, who had 17 oh, on, in a game. Uh, it was his career high, of course, obviously. <laughs> on October 28th, 1973, in an 111 to 98 victory over the Portland Trailblazers when playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. So maybe come October 28th, we'll have a new individual block <laughs> champ, which actually, October 28th, Derek. Oh, never mind. The home opener is October 29th. Okay. I thought it was going to line up perfectly, and we were going to have some sort of conspiracy, but nonetheless. <laughs> His first NBA game ever sets the blocks yeah, record. Oh, my gosh. That'd be insane. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so Chet <laughs> will have more than two blocks in the game. Now, FanDuel has Chet's second in the odds on FanDuel for Rookie of the Year. Fact or fiction, Chet Holmgren wins Rookie of the Year. I, I lean fiction. I think it's going to be tough sledding, not necessarily in, in any regard to his own personal game, but there are going to be narratives flying left and right in this 2023 draft class. Uh, Weminyama is that dude. I'm here to tell you. I, I know that he doesn't have a lot of fans. Like he doesn't have a lot of people in his corner, but yeah, you're really underground about this woman. Yeah. Guy. He, uh, he's that dude. And then obviously you've got scoot, the Thompson twins again, storylines flying left and right. I like him for first team all rookie. I don't love him for rookie of the year. That's a, a tough sell. Yeah. I, I don't think that he'll win rookie of the year. I think he'll be runner up. I, I think that, um, ultimately, Victor just has to roll out of bed and he'll win rookie of the year. I think he's going to play well. I'm not trying to slight Victor, but the same people who vote on this award have been calling him a generational prospect, best prospect since LeBron, uh, since what felt like what, since what's felt like he could walk. So they're not going to not let him be rookie of the year and, and kind of look bad on them. So it, Chet would have to to overwhelmingly outplay Victor, uh, and I think that Victor is good enough to where Chet could outplay him. But is it going to be overwhelmingly enough to to go through a few hurdles? Number one, the built-in narrative of, of Victor being generational and better than LeBron as a prospect. And number two, uh, is it going to be overwhelmingly better enough to beat the narrative of, well, Chet's really a sophomore if you think about it. So we'll have that debate again with the Donovan <laughs> Mitchell, Ben Simmons stuff. Uh, that, that'll come back up. But FanDuel also has Mark as the number one odds for coach of the year. Fact or fiction, Mark wins coach of the year. Ooh, I have a very definitive answer for this one. You do. So I'm, okay. So I'm interested to hear what yours is. I lean fiction mainly because I, I can't remember the last time a like preseason coach of the year favorite actually won it. Like those do not typically come with expectations. You know what I mean? Like typically it's the teams that defy expectations. 
So with a team like the Thunder actually having a, a few expectations here and there for the first time in a while, again, Dignall, incredible coach, probably a top five NBA coach right now, schematically. I kind of pulled that out of nowhere, but uh, it's more of a narrative-based thing than like a, a legitimate talent deal. We're seeing eye-to-eye completely. Mark, if you're listening to this, we love you. I've been I've been calling Mark the best coach in Thunder history since January of his first season, which his first season started in December. So, like, I am all in on Mark, and I think he's a really, really good coach, uh, and I think he is one of the better coaches in the NBA. I think that you're absolutely right. He's one of the best coaches in the NBA. It's just that people don't really get to talk about him being one of the best coaches in the NBA because we wait on evaluating coaches into the playoffs, that's when we really sink our teeth into coaches and like kind of pick them apart, right? And, you know, pick them apart for either praise or for uh, diminishing them. But I think that even this moment, he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. The reason why I don't think he'll win coach of the year, and I was asked about this on Locked on NBA, uh, the reason why I'm against betting on him to win uh, coach of the year, or I don't think he will win coach of the year is because it feels like he's already gotten his flowers from last year. He was runner up and everything. And it, it, I just... I refuse to believe that there's not going to be a new kid on the block. There's not going to be some new story, right? If the NBA season just goes the way we think it will in our head and the Thunder make another big leap and they get home court advantage in the West and they're the only team that that kind of has a a strong jump in wins, because going from 40 wins all the way up to their home court advantage would still be a huge jump, then yes, I think that, that Mark would win uh, Coach of the Year, and that's why he's the favorite, because on paper right now, as you map out the season, he will have this team on another big leap. However, as we discussed before, that's not guaranteed for OKC, but also there's going to be another coach somewhere that's going to that's going to to leap up and, and win this award. This award is entirely based on narrative, uh, and that is not a shot at the voters. Like Whenever we say that for this specific award, this award is truly just who had the coolest season? It's not. It's not about who drew out, drew up the best ATO of the season. Who drew out, drew up the best slob play of the season? It's none of that. Mark would have been coach of the year last year, ten times out of ten, had the Kings not broken that long playoff drought. So, like that's. It, it's just about um, a narrative and, and who had the cooler feet and. In the NBA, I think we're always surprised, and we always have a have a cinder of the season. We always have a season that we're not expecting, and so uh, because you kind of gave him his due last year, you might not be inclined to uh, double dip into this storyline in OKC, and so that's why I wouldn't wouldn't bet on him on top of him having the best odds. So you're not going to get a great return. Uh, it's just that, like, I, I think that uh, people are going to shift away from this storyline, and it's kind of. In a weird way, it's kind of expected. And Mark talked about that after practice. Like he, they, they feel like they've earned the respect of the NBA already. They feel like they're not going to sneak up on anybody, and that they are um, going to be a team that uh, garners the respect of the NBA. And so now it feels like the voters will eventually, throughout this season, move on to a new Cinderella story. That's how I feel, Derek. That's how I feel. Now, fact or fiction? SGA is a first-team NBA player again, all-NBA player again. I'll go fact. I'm fully, fully aware of the fact that he is a complete stud in every sense of the basketball. Um, I I think he's probably a lock to be around this level for the next however long you want to say. So I'll I'll go fact. I'll, I'll always bet on SGA in that sense. Fact or fiction. Now, this should be an easy one. Fact or fiction, two of the core four members will become all-stars at some point in their career. And I'll even let you count SGA, who's already done it. So you need one more. Easy fact. Yeah, easy fact. Now, what if I didn't count SGA? Would it still be an easy fact? 
Ooh. So if if two of the remaining three had to become all stars, we're counting their full career, not even full technically, career, not even Thunder in Oklahoma City, career. just full career. I'll lean. Yeah, I'll still lean fact. I, I would lean fact. I would too. now in a Thunder jersey, probably not. But if we're if we're spanning the full career, I think that's they're easily talented enough. Even if per chance one of them ends up not on the Thunder soon enough, it's going to be because they're getting to shine on their own squad. So e- easy hammer on the fact for me. Derek, coming up, I want to get your opinion on Usman Jang and then also pick your brain a bit about the NBA draft. But first, I want to say right now, but our good friends over at FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash on right now because what a time in the sports universe that it is. It is football season. It's college football season and NFL season. And NBA season is right around the corner. We have a preseason game this morning, Derek, with the Mavericks and Timberwolves. So you can go check out FanDuel. Uh, and if you do right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Win or lose or draw, $200 uh, in bonus bets guaranteed uh, when you put down a $5 bet. So that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose for a $5 bet just for betting with FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com right now slash locked on and you can bet on the spread, the player props, over-unders, and more. Uh, for example, right now you can go to FanDuel and you can bet not only on the over-unders and the coach of the year and rookie of the year uh, discussions that, that we were having earlier but you can even bet on NFL games. One, one that's happening tonight, the Washington Commanders are six-point favorites at home against the Chicago Bears. If you feel strongly, go check it out. Fandor.com slash locked on. Fandor.com slash locked on. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Joining me today is Derek Parker at Park OK, Inside the Thunder and Draft Digest. Derek, fact or fiction, Usman Jang becomes a steady part of the rotation. Mm, see, I, I was an easy fiction before the before Giddy's report today that he looks much improved. That That kind of changed my opinion. I lean fiction just because it's hard for anybody, save for the core four to be a steady part of the rotation. I think obviously, as we both know, they're still going to much to the dismay of Thunder fans. They're going to roll out plenty of lineups. They're going to see a lot of lineup combinations. They're going to see a lot of roster turnover nightly. Is Zhang in year two at what 20 years old going to be consistent enough to earn spots over guys that are really good basketball players on a nightly basis? I think no, but does that mean he's not part of the long-term game plan? Absolutely not. He's still a, a bright part of this Thunder future. I lean fiction, though. Okay, fact or fiction. Now, this is a bit of a long one. Kaysen Wallace will play at least four games with the Blue as part of just development. So it's not due to injury. It's not doing anything else. Will he play at least four games with the Blue just as part of his developmental plan? I lean fact. I think the Thunder have not shied away from sending guys, even lottery picks there. I mean, we saw it with Usman Jang last season. 
Uh, we saw it with Jalen Williams, Arkansas last season. He was a phenomenal NBA player for a good chunk of the season and still got those developmental minutes. I don't think Kaysen is a guy they're worried about in that sense of like thinking he's too big time for that or, or thinking it's some sort of demotion. If there's at any point in the season where they don't feel like they have the minutes to divvy out, and that's totally possible considering this guard lineup, I think they send him there, and I think it's a good decision to do so. I lean fact. Yeah, I, I'm split on this after we've heard the players and Mark talk about Kaysen this week. Uh, they're all in on Kaysen, and I think that they're always the first to know who can really play and who can't and who like isn't ready. Uh, but, but I think that the reason why I'm split is because Jay Will was a good NBA player at the end of last year because of the time he spent with mm-hmm. the Blue. I am a firm believer that if he if he never got those development uh, developmental minutes with with Cam Woods and and I've asked Jalen throughout the last calendar year about Cam Woods and, and every time that I ask Jay will he talks about the confidence the the ability to play with force that he gained just by being around Cam Woods and being around uh, a, a great 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 head coach for the Blue and Cam Woods' specialty is defense and, and so I think that I would love the idea of Case and Wallace getting uh, hands on minutes and hands on games with uh, Cam Woods uh, and, and being involved with, with him learning defense from Cam Woods. And, you know, of course, Case Wallace already has a great foundation defensively, but there's there's still uh, more to gain from that and, and experience to gain from it. Uh, so I, I could see it going either way. I really could. I could see him being a guy who's good enough to uh, play right away, play consistently right away to where he just is like J-Dub and doesn't need the G League. I could also see it where even if maybe he doesn't truly need it, it's better to get him down there and and to let him have a longer runway of minutes, a more sustained, you know, minute load uh, over the course of time, and of course dealing with Cam Woods as well. So uh, that is our game of factor fiction. Now, DP, give me your hottest take that you're sitting on for the Thunder, and then for the NBA at large. I already gave a hot take, so I'll you I'll did. cool off just a little bit. So I'll your cool hot, off so just a little we'll bit. count your thunder hot take as check. It's eight <laughs> blocks in the game. Okay, which by the way, not even half the record. So is it a hot take? You decide. Um, I'll go. I think this is a hot take personally. I think the fans will agree. I think Josh Giddy averages more points per game than J Dub Jalen Williams. I think. He's going to see a similar role to what he saw last season. I think J-Dub is really going to be used in in more defensive assignments this year, being able to play his natural position, the three, maybe a little bit more four. But with Chet at the five, we're not going to see him too heavily out of position. So I think he's really, really going to be used as a hyper scorer, but but more so as a stingy wing defender as well. And I think that leaves the door open for, for Giddy to get plenty of scoring opportunities. Again, I think he's going to get to the line more. That's a boost in itself. Hot take, Giddy, more points per game than Dub. By like smidge. By smidgen, I like it. Uh, NBA-wise, hot take. NBA-wise, hmm, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Lakers being a top two seed. Okay, you're a big Austin Reisman. I, I, I like <laughs> We all know he's the star of the show down there, so right. uh, it's great. Now, Derek, uh, before we get you out of here, I appreciate your time so much. You are the draft guy, Draft Digest. You and Nick Crane do a great job over there. There has been a fluctuating opinion on this draft. It started out as, this is the worst draft of all time. How could you <laughs> like anybody in this draft? This is terrible. You should never own picks in this draft ever, ever, ever. 
And then we saw Alex Sar play and we saw Ron Holland play. And then it kind of did a little bit of a, a little bit of a 180. Where is it going to level? Where, what is this draft class to you here as we start these um, exhibitions on college and we start this basketball season? Yeah, obviously the pendulum has already swung pendulum. too far. Do what? It's a pendulum, I believe. Pendulum? pendulum. Yeah, but it's a pendulum, right? Whatever Not a pendulum? Is. What's the difference? Pinch Pendulum? Yeah. The pendulum as Rylan Styles would I'm say. I'm going to be totally wrong on that and look like an absolute <laughs> freaking meanie. But go ahead. <laughs> I hope you are. Uh, it, it obviously swung too far in one direction. Like the overreactions, good or bad, were, were highly over-exaggerated. So is it the best class of all time? No. Is it the worst class of all time? No. I think I lean. It does shy a little bit. It, it, it doesn't quite have the depth that most classes do. It has a great returning class, which is always able to bolster it. So, I mean, it's a good class. There, there, if you do your, your correct evaluations, if you trust the process, you're always going to be able to find talent, no matter what the draft is. So, it, it's good. It's a good class. What's your thoughts on KJ Adams? <laughs> now... <laughs> it's a good all right, class all right, all right it's a good class Derek I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you joining I don't, us I don't know if he makes it any better necessarily that's ridiculous I'm gonna <laughs> laugh in your face and Nick's face remember KJ Adams is just an absolute baller but uh, DP I do appreciate it. this is a lot of fun every time we do it love seeing you out at games and everything let them know again where they can find everything you're doing everything you're cooking up uh, Cowboy DP Yes, sir. Uh, on Twitter, X, are we calling it? Uh, D Park OK. YouTube, Derek Dash Parker. Going to have stuff up over there soon again. Draft Digest. Type that in the Google machine and then inside the thunder.com. I think that's it. There it is. For Derek Parker, I'm Rylan Styles. Until next time, be good and be good to one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.